Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. This series today called Equip, and uh, today I'm calling it Equipped with Bookends, that we are equipped with bookends, we are equipped with things, and we've been talking, for those that are new, I see we have some new faces here today, we've been talking about God has equipped you with different things. We've been talking about all the way from the beginning where David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me, cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from thee, but restore unto me, in other words, restore, replenish, prepare, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit in me. And after David quotes those words in Psalm 51, he goes to verse 13, and this is where we started this series, and we're going to end this series, and next week we're starting a new series, and guess what it's called? You're never going to guess it, but it's called Omelette. Next week, we start the series Omelette. Amen? How many of you ever had an omelette before, right? Especially you get the Western Omelette, the Denver Omelette. It's got everything in it. That's what we're going to do. Our new series called Omelette. Wait till you see what we do then. But anyways, we talked about that. Then David says in verse 13 that we built this scripture or this series from, he talked about then, after God, you search me and cleanse me and examine me, then God, I will be able to teach others. How many of you know that you and I are Jesus' hands and feet extended? People will only see Jesus through you. They only see Jesus through you. People always say, well, Pastor, how can you believe in someone you've never seen? Yeah, I see Jesus all the time. They say, what do you mean you see Jesus all the time? I see Jesus all the time through you. But I also see the devil through you. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times people say, well, how do you see Jesus? You see people, Jesus through people. Because Jesus says any man claims he lives in him must walk as Jesus did in 1 John 2, 6. So if we claim to walk as Jesus did, then we have to live out the lifestyle. And so if we live out the lifestyle, people are going to see Jesus and not only see Jesus, but then want Jesus because they see it in you, right? So we've been talking about that. So we talked about equipped. We talked about equipped is on this thing. Equipped means capable. That God makes you capable or able to do that which he's called you to do. He'll never leave you empty-handed. He will never call you to go to battle without ammunition, without the, 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 the tools that you need to go to battle with. He makes you capable. He well, Another one is this, capable, prepared. A lot of times, have you ever said this before? I'm not prepared. I'm not qualified. And you know what? God is the qualifier and the equipper that makes you prepared and ready. Amen? That's why, listen, every time I step into this pulpit, believe it or not, people always say it seems natural for me to walk up here and speak. Let me tell you, you don't know what I go through on Saturday. That's why I shut down Saturday night. I usually try to shut down at 7 o'clock. And the reason why is because, listen, there's nerves that I have. There's nerves like Zach, just like every game that you play, Corbin, just like every game that you guys play. You know what happens? You get nervous. You get jitters. You get butterflies every time. And every time I step into the pulpit, I still have nerves and jitters and butterflies because you know why? I take the pulpit so serious that I want to say, God, your will be done. Use me, man. Pour through me, in me, and out of me. So, God, pour in me, through me, and out of me so I can touch people's lives. If I ever lose the moment of feeling unprepared and I got it all together, that's when I don't need God. And listen, God will always send you, but there's always going to be a sense of nervousness. But guess what? If God goes before you, who can be against you? And so he says, I'll make a way. I'll prepare you. I'll make it happen. He says, ready for battle and not empty-handed, that God doesn't leave you empty-handed. So let me remind you today, as we end this series, that not one of you today is empty-handed. Every one of you has the gift of God, and God's Spirit lives in you. And this Bible says that same Spirit, now God's Spirit lives in you, right? That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? Now lives in you. And the God that we serve conquered death, hell, and the grave. And if that's the spirit that lives in us, guess what we can conquer? We can conquer death, hell, 
in the grave. And we could be like Paul where he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, he says, listen, where, O death, is thy victory? Where, O death, is thy sting? Death has been swallowed up. Why? Because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now has equipped you and lives in you and moves in you and is alive in you and is preparing you for your ultimate destiny. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus because he's prepared you. Come on, give the Lord praise. Isn't that right? It lives in you. So whenever you're faced with opposition, you need to remind the devil. Devil, let me tell you something. Man, you think you won, but you don't know my daddy. You don't know my daddy. He's my guardian. He's with me. And if you, he's not with me, Hebrews 1 verse 14 says he sends his ministering spirits to comfort us and to be with us in our time of need. But in Galatians chapter 5, going back to now as we end this, this, uh, this series, in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit that lives in you, the representation of Christ, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. You don't go put, pick oranges off an apple tree. You don't pick grapefruits off an orange tree. A grapefruit tree is a grapefruit tree. An orange tree is an orange tree. An apple tree is an apple tree. And the same thing with God. He said the fruit of the Spirit. So what he's saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is my character. I am the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the first most and foremost is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Isn't God what God is? God so loved the world, right? Joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peace that passes all understanding. I give you peace not as the world gives, but peace that I give as eternal peace. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We talked about the last couple of weeks. Then he goes on to say in the next few verses, go ahead. He says, gentleness and self-control. Now you got to get that, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now watch this. Watch where Paul now turns this. He talks about all the fruits of the Spirit that dwell in us, right? Now watch this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Where is Paul getting that from? He's getting that from Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. So in other words, he died to his flesh, his will, his desire, and said, God, you take control. That's why I always have you say, surrender to get the victory. Father, I surrender all to you. I lift my both hands as the surrender that makes the V to get the victory in my life, that God, you take control of my life. But then he goes on to say, those who belong to Christ have crucified. Since, now watch this, you got to get this, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, hold on to that. Now, watch the next verse. Then he goes on to say, let us become conceited, not conceited. Let us not, thank you. My wife's my corrector. <laughs> I love my, I love my pookie woman, man. My pookie woman. It's, hey, listen, the reason why is I, I got one contact in and one contact out. And if I look through the grid contact, I can see it. If I look through this, I, I can't see it. So, let me, yeah, okay, got it. I'm just kidding. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Now, we know that the fruits live in us, correct? But if you notice what it said in verse 25, it said, let us live by the Spirit. So what does living by the Spirit mean? Living by the Spirit means conducting, now get this, conducting yourself as Christ would. Conducting, acting, resembling Christ. So in other words, our mission so that people can see Jesus is by us conducting ourselves as Jesus. Right? So watch this. Living by the Spirit also means, living by the Spirit means being accountable. Now watch this. Being accountable for your words. How many of you know that words can totally destroy? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. How many know that's not true? Words hurt. And you know what? One of the hardest things to get over 
is words. You can have a broken arm, you can have a broken leg, whatever, you know, that's going to mend. But when people say a lot of words to you that hurt, they scar you sometimes for life. I remember when my father said some words over to me when I was little, and that stayed with me for the longest time that my father thought I was a loser. My father told me I'll never resolve into anything. And the day I became a pastor and the day, man, God began to use me, I'll never forget when I led my father to the Lord. You know what he did? He apologized for the words that he said to me. And you know what? The moment he apologized, it was almost like an oak tree that was uprooted from my spirit. Man, and all of a sudden, man, I was relieved of that bondage or those words that kept echoing in my ear that you never amount to nothing. And so I want you to remember, our words, we have to be accountable for what we say. Quit using the excuse, the devil made me say it or the devil made me do it. That's just a cop-out. You have to be accountable for your words, actions, and deeds. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord lives in you. And so if you proclaim that you are a Christian, what does the word Christian mean? Christ-like. In other words, I am walking Christ-like, demonstrating Christ, being a picture to the world that needs to see Jesus. So every one of you, even though you don't think you have this talent, every one of you are an artist of Christ. You are painting a picture for the world to see. If you come to my house, we've had this picture since Cheryl and I have been married for 39 years. We got it as a wedding gift uh, when we first got married. And call us old-fashioned, call us traditional, whatever you want. But it's a picture about three feet by two and a half feet. And it's a picture of Jesus. And everywhere we move or where we go, Jesus is on the wall. It doesn't fit in with our decor and a lot of things that we have in our home. But what it does fit in is my life. And every time I walk into my house, and the parsonage over here to my right, every time I walk into my house, I see that picture. And you know what it does? It's a reminder that I have to be a reflection of who he is. And sometimes in your life, you need to put reminders in your path of who you are representing. I remember some time ago in a counseling session, and it was a pretty bad counseling session. This was happening in Colorado. And we had these mom and a dad that came into our, our, our office, and Cheryl and I were there, and we were counseling, and they were crying, and they were upset about their situation with their daughter. And their daughter was really gone wayward. She was really being the prodigal daughter, and she needed to come back to her senses. But one of the things that really, really stood out, and yes, the pain of what her daughter, their daughter was doing really hurt them, but you know what? They were carrying the burden, and I want you to hear this. They were carrying the burden of the, their daughter of what other people thought. And they were so concerned. My daughter is doing this to us. Don't she understand that she's destroying my, our name? Don't she understand that she's destroying our reputation? Don't she understand that she's destroying our community? That people are talking about us? And they were so hurt, not even more, they were more hurt about that even by what she was even doing. And just imagine, can you imagine if we say that we are Christians, that we are Christ-like, that God, I will follow you where you lead me, I will go, I will speak, I will do, I will be what you want me to do and be. But when we get the pressure on, what is coming out of our mouth? And just like that mom and that dad were hurting about their daughter, can you imagine what Jesus feels like? They say they love me, but they live like this. They're not accountable for their words. They hurt, they damage, they destroy. Another one is this, living by the Spirit means responding, get that, living by the Spirit means responding and acting the way Jesus would. How many of you have a short fuse? 
your response. You're so explosive. You're so explosive the moment your spouse gets something out of her mouth or his mouth. Boom! You are accountable and responsible for your actions. You expect, and let's hear your pastor. Please hear your pastor. You expect your kids, your grandbabies, your great-grandbabies to line up and to be accountable and to act right. But who makes us accountable? Somebody say amen. So we expect others sometimes to be accountable for their words, actions, and deeds. But when it comes to us, we make excuses of why we did this or we did that. Somebody say, ouch. Quit stepping on my bunions. Right? But in verse 22 of Galatians It talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And I want you to get this now. Notice I called this sermon the bookends. Notice how Paul penned those words. He starts out with love and he ends with self-control. Love and self-control go hand in hand. Without love, without love, You lose self-control. Without self-control, you lose love. I want to demonstrate. This is love. This is self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the fruits. This is you. So what happens if you lose love and you get angry and you get mad and you start walking in hatred and bitterness, guess what happens? All of a sudden, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, all of a sudden the moment you blow your top and lose love and you start walking in bitterness and anger, Everything else falls. So what happens to the kindness? You lose kindness because kindness is rooted out of love. And look at that. That fell on its own. The next thing that happens when you lose self-control, all of them fall apart. You can't have love without self-control. You can't have self-control without love because they're the bookends that hold the kindness, peace, patience, faithfulness together. And what happens a lot of times is that we start out walking for God and we walk the straight and narrow and then all of a sudden we lose self-control and then what happens? We all tumble down. And what tumbles down? The fruit of the Spirit, the joy, the love, the peace. You see this? Love brings people to you. How many know that's true? A lack of self-control or anger pushes them away. Pushes them away. I'm dealing with a very, very tough situation right now that Cheryl and I are dealing with. They don't go to our church, so I'm not talking about anybody. They even showed up in my driveway last night when I was cooking my steaks after the wedding. And they lost control. To a point it got physical. To a point that, man, he started taking it out on her and you figure it out. And now she's walking around flinching and afraid of what he might do next. It pushes away. When my father, my second father, and I want you to hear this. When I lost my first father and he went off and did all what he did, and then my second father came into my life and he used to beat me all the time, and you know the story about that. That's why I still got a bump on my head. But every time Ralph, every time Ralph, I didn't know when he reached out his hand if he was going to hug me or hit me. So every time he reached out my, his hand, I would flinch. Afraid of, is he going to hit me or is he going to love me? 
And sometimes in life, please hear me, people, what happens is God wants us to walk in love, but what we're doing is we're walking without self-control, and we're pushing people away, including the ones that love us the most. And God said, knock it off, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his best for you and nothing less, and he expects you to do the same. And how do you show love? You show love to your brother and sister of like faith. You show love to your neighbor as yourself. And you show love to Christ. The greatest the command is love the Lord your God with all your heart. Come on. And so what happens a lot of times is we got a lot of flinching Christians. We're flinching because we never know if he or she is going to explode at any moment. And when they explode, poison comes out. We never know. What is self-control? Watch this. Self-control is keeping your composure. Keeping your composure. Under pressure, because you're going to do that. Some of you are like a pressure cooker. Under fire. And under stress. How I many you know we're all in that category? Right? Maybe it's under fire, under stress, financially, physically, emotionally. Are you keeping your composure? Are you being Christ like? Are you making excuses and this going off and doing whatever? Watch this. A lack of self control or anger. Ruins, now get this, ruins and destroys your testimony and your witness of Christ to others. It ruins your testimony. And one of the things it says in Revelation 12, excuse me, verse 12, Revelation 11, it says they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. And the reason why it says the word of their testimony, because whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, you can raise up a standard against it. And how do you raise up that standard? You raise up a standard and you say, oh, I love God. I serve God. I honor God. I worship God. I give you my all. But if you are not walking in self-control and you are not keeping yourself together, that's what the enemy's reply back to you is going to be. Oh, yeah. Bet you are. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you say that? You know what he's doing? He's attacking your testimony. And when he attacks your testimony, guess what he does? He whittles at your emotion. He whittles at your faith. He whittles at your confidence till eventually you just quit and give up serving God. Overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But look at, and your witness of Christ to others. Why will people want Christ if you're a walking time bomb? Where will they see the difference in you? When Cheryl and I first got married, like I said, I used to be in the gang and do all the stuff I did. I wasn't a good person. I used to beat people, all that kind of stuff. But my friends, they remembered me from that time. They remembered me when I was doing all the things I was doing. And I'll never forget, Cheryl and I, now married, we went to Pat DePra's wedding. I'll never forget this. And they had their wedding reception, man, a big dance. They even had a, like a 25-piece orchestra band. You should have seen it. It was incredible. And these people would come up to me and they'd say, CJ. Or they say, Johns. They used to say, Craig Johnson, slopper rock, can't play for God as jock. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. You don't know none of that. You don't know none of that. Amen. Check this one out. Ding dong, 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 ding dong, 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 ding dong. Cool, Andrew don't wear no socks. Ding dong. I saw him when he took them off. Ding dong. He threw them on the hill. Ding dong. Killed Jack and his sister Jill. Ding dong, 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 dong. We used to do all that stuff, right? And, and I, you don't know that either. Don't know you don't know that. that. <laughs> but we used to do all that. 
And my friends remembered me from all that. They remembered me, man. I kid you not. I couldn't play a guitar with a hoop. Pastor Andy, I had too many things. I used to take a guitar, turn it over. True story. Turn it over, and we'd go down by Lake Michigan, down the banks there, and I'd use the back of the guitar. I said, I used to do this. We used to make up raps. Right next door was a little old man. I saw meat and dog food out of a can. He said, I can't afford meat, but I got to eat. I barely can stand on my own two feet. Hey, 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 hey. And so people knew me as that kind of guy. So here we are. We're at this wedding reception. And people kept coming in. And Cheryl and I were at a little round table. You can only fit four people at it. And I think we were in a counseling session. One couple would leave, then another couple. And you know what they would say? Scott, this is their words. Johns, what happened to you? What changed? What took place in your life? You're not the same person. And I said, oh, let me tell you, J-E-S-U-S. He's my Lord and King, J-E-S-U-S, my everything. You don't know none of that either. Man, you guys ain't with it today. Man, I'm telling you. I'm trying to pull out all my oldie moldies, and you still ain't with me. Leon Patello, if you don't remember that one, right? That's what happened. They saw a difference, and because they saw a difference, they wanted the difference that I have. You see, look at character is the only thing that goes in the casket with you. Did you get that? Character is the only thing that goes in the casket with you. Let me tell you something cute. I'll tell you this before I go into the story. I, uh, when God speaks to me, I keep my, my phone next to me when I'm in prayer. That way, when I get a thought, I text it to my wife so I don't lose the thought. So I'm in prayer, and uh, all of a sudden, I text something that I thought was to my wife. And, uh, yeah, good thing it was my dad, Jeff Lowe. And I said, I said, I my text that I text to Jeff Lowe, my dad, I said, yeah, just like the death in Colorado. And Jeff sent me back a smiley face. I hope it's not me. And I had to tell him, no, uh, I was just having some sermon thoughts. And so whenever God gives me a thought, I text it right away. I keep it, right? But anyways, when I was writing this and had this character as the only thing that goes in the casket with you, I remember this true story. I remember doing a funeral service in Colorado, Grand Junction, Colorado. The service was actually in Fruita, Colorado, which was right next to Grand Junction. And I got there thinking that there would be a lot of people there. And when I got there, there was only two other people there and myself. The one person was the dad's daughter. The other daughter and the two other sons didn't even show up. The other person was the funeral director himself. The third person was me. That was all that was there at this funeral. And I was like, what? What is going on? What, what has happened? Why? So after I'd done the service, and man, it was short, because boy, I'll tell you, it, what do you say when, you know, you don't even know what to say about a guy? So I asked the daughter, I said, can I ask you, why did your two brothers and sister didn't come and nobody else? Here's what she said. She said, my dad was the most bitter, angry man that you ever saw. He pushed away relationships. He was so full of hatred that nobody could stand him. And so when it came to his final destination, nobody came to honor him. Why? Because he didn't give respect and honor back. You see, the cemetery is richer than Fort Knox. Because in the cemetery, there's been books that were unwritten. There were inventions that weren't finished or completed. There was character 
that wasn't finished. And when we do die or when we do pass away, what is going to be our description on our tombstone? Tim Keeling's was, my associate when he passed, got murdered by two bank robbers that murdered him in the middle of the desert in Vegas. The only thing they could find on him, his carcass was decayed. The only thing they could find on Ken Keeling was his classroom ring. And they called and said, do you know this person? He went to Christian Life School in Grand Junction, Colorado. My wife and I, we said, yes. That was my associate that when I left Grand Junction, Tim went into the inner cities of Denver. He had his truck up for sale. And when he had his truck up for sale, the two bank robbers saw that his truck was up for sale, went up to him and said, hey, you got your truck up for sale? And he said, yeah. And Tim, the person that he was, let him drive it with him in. They kidnapped him, took him out to the desert and killed him. But what was on his tombstone? The description of his life was Tim, I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. Tim died with character, dignity, but most of all, the artwork of Christ. What about you? You see, I love this. James chapter 1, time's getting away, I know this, but Look at how James depicts these things. My favorite book, I love James. I probably read James, I'm not exaggerating, probably read James 100 or so times. If you read every one of my Bibles, seven Bibles I went through, and my biggest book that I've gone through more than anyone is James. But watch this. It says, dear brothers, put your name there. Dear sisters, ladies, put your name there. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He goes on to say, now watch this. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Go ahead. Verse 21. Therefore... Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted. Look at how Paul describes it there. Planted means rooted. You ever notice why palm trees always stay up when the hurricanes come or storms come? Because this is a true story. Look it up about palm trees. Because every time a palm tree is faced with opposition, and they start bending over, they have a mechanism, they have an instinct that inside of them, when it bends too far, all of a sudden it triggers the palm tree that their roots have to go dig deeper to sustain them during the storm. And sometimes in our lives, you're going to bend. You're going to bend. But here's the great thing. You can bend, but you're not going to break. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he. My God is an awesome God. And he lives and he dwells and he moves within me. So devil, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. Come on, give the Lord praise. Come on. Accept the word that's planted in you which can save you. Did you get that? Watch this. It goes on. It says this. Do not merely listen to the word. Don't just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. James 2.19. Faith. What? You got to do what? Without faith, without, uh, faith, it's impossible to please God. But you got to put faith without action. You got to put feet under your faith. You got to walk it out. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Go on. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and then goes on, watch this, and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Not some people. You're so vain. 
I kid you not. This, this is no kidding. This is a true story. Hey, Cliff, you would have been, man, you've been proud because you, he's an officer. I was driving down the street right down here in Siren. I kid you not, a young lady from Siren High School. I was just, and she had her visor mirror down, and she was like this. I can she was putting on her eye mascara. I, how do you do that and drive at the same time? You're so vain. <laughs> Some people carry a mirror inside their pocket. Ooh, I like what I see. Dum do 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 do. Dude, can't touch this. Right? Like it? You know that song. Oh, you know that song. You do know that one. All right. Andrew moved up to the modern world. All right. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they, now get this, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, that's not my words. You see, sometimes people call me a blab it and grab it preacher. Some people call me a name it and claim it. No, I believe the word of God. Signed, sealed, and delivered. That's not my words. That's the Lord's words. You will be blessed. You mess with me, you mess with fire, you mess with fire, you get burnt. The same thing with the world. You mess with fire, you're going to get burnt. And so God tries to prevent you from burning yourself. But out of that, i got to move quickly. Out of that... There are three-step process, and I want you to get this in your heart today, please. If there's anything I say today, you got to get this in your heart. The three-step process that comes out of James 1 is this. Number one is this, quick to listen. Get all the information. Now, you got to get this. This is my rule of thumb. Pastor Andy and my leaders, will, my, my staff will tell you, I never react Hear me. Pastor Andrew, sometimes others think I'm slow. I, I'm just saying that. He don't think that. Oh. <laughs> I'm, just that. I'm just saying that. But you know what? Sometimes I am maybe a slow mover. And the reason, Phil, that I am is because before I make a judgment and make a call, I get all the information. That's good. So in saying that, Many arguments start with us not listening, but just assuming. Honey, what about this? What are you talking about? How many know what I'm talking about? Man, we sometimes pounce on three or four words that our spouse or our kids say something. And we're so reactive instead of quick to listen. And us men, not, I'm guilty of it too, so you, I'm not speaking to the choir. I'm guilty of We are fixers, so because we are fixers, before our wives get something out of our mouth, their mouth, we're ready to jump in and say, hey, so here I come to save the day. <laughs> right? And our wives are looking at us, I didn't even mean that. Well, what do you mean? Well, give me a chance to talk. Well, I got one for you ladies. <laughs> right? It starts arguments. And we don't take time to listen. Listen to another one. Slow to speak. And I'm moving quickly because time's getting away. Slow to speak. Watch this. Think before you speak because words can hurt. Slow to speak. Think before you speak. Be careful what you say. Words hurt. Words can either build up or tear down. So watch what you say. You got to be careful of what you say. Stop making excuses. Man you, man, you can't have a war and expect your spouse or kids or yourself to get wounded by the words. You're going to get wounded if you don't watch what you say. 
And then what happens, it separates, divides, and it hurts your relationship. And I'm just being frank with you. When you hurt your relationship, guess what else follows with it? Intimacy starts dying. Man, communication starts dying. Lack of friendship starts dying. All these things start to wither. Why? Because you broke the trust bond. You broke the intimacy. You broke the closeness. You broke that bond because you stepped out of bounds and you said things and done things that you made excuses for and you did it time and time again now there's no more trust self-control it takes longer to build up than it does to tear down wow tony is here tony works over at green the, the green thing of the what is it gone green tony works at gone green and man i went there and took some stuff there from the church we had some metal and we took a and they have that car crusher. Here it takes all this time to make a car. But if you take it to Tony, Tony, where you at? You're, I've seen you coming in. Right over there. Tony, man, I watched Tony and the guy. He has a crane. Pick that bad boy up. Put it in that crusher. That car that took so long to make. Man, in five minutes. Not even five minutes. Takes that thing. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. I mean, it's done. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding but you know what? That's what happens with tearing down and building up. I got to move quickly. Proverbs 15, verse 1. It says this. A gentle answer or gentle answer turns away wrath. Turns away wrath, fighting, arguing, bickering, dissension, anger. Turns it away. Turns it away. But a harsh word stirs up anger. In our 39 years of marriage, 39 years of ministry, we have seen, I think, probably everything on the planet that we can see. I don't think, seriously, and I say this very humbly, in 39 years of being in ministry, I don't think anything shocks Cheryl and I anymore. But one of the things that really hurt us, even though it doesn't shock us, is the fighting that takes place. The separation, the anger, the hurt that happens within the family units. And I say, dear God, Touch your people every day. Mark it down, Lisa. This is honest before God and you. Every day, Carl, I pray for this church. Every day. Even this morning, I had to get up earlier in my prayer time so I can come and set this all up again today. And this is my prayer. This is my prayer, Kevin, Sue. God, that you will bless your people and they're going in. And then they're going out. That God, your hand will be upon them, that you will guide them and lead them and direct them in their steps of life for you. And that God, you will bring peace and joy and happiness and stability to every household that attends this church and even those outside of the community. That God, you will be glorified and you will be the lighthouse to the households of these church that people will know, sense, and feel that there's something peculiar about the people that attend Adventure Church. And that which is a peculiar, that Jesus Christ is the focal point. Jesus Christ is the lighthouse in their life. Jesus Christ is the rock in which they stand. Jesus Christ is the hope of their glory, that they won't give in and give up, that they'll see fighting and striving towards God. As Paul says, I press on to the prize which is in Christ Jesus our Lord to take hold of that which he has for me. That's you. Lastly is this. The three steps. Slow to anger. Anger is a killer of families and destroys relationships and bring self-destruction. Wow. How crazy is that, huh? Get this one. Anger blows things out of proportion. It leaves you 
pick it up to pieces. We're not in the business of putting puzzles together in our lives. Jesus made us fearfully and wonderfully. I got to go. I got, I just, can, can, can I go two more minutes? Is it okay? I got I to gotta get to this because I, I want to give you some antidote. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down real quick. Please take out your pen. Please take out a pencil or paper if you got one. And I want you to, or take your phone out and take a snapshot of the thing because I want to give you this real quick. Listen, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. When I played basketball, I had to practice every day to become the player that I was. That's why I had all the scholarship offers and things that I had. No kidding. I really did. That's not a joke. It's the truth. I'm not fabricating anything that I'm saying to you. I had scholarships all over to go play ball. But you know how I got them is because I practice. Every day, I practice. You see, you got to practice. So here's my challenge. Each day, each day, challenge yourself to be a better listener. Biting your tongue. This is what you got to practice. Keeping your temper. Now watch this. The more you practice, the better you become. They say if you do things seven to ten times, you start forming a habit. But here's what I want to give you, and it's going to be on the screen. Ecclesiastes, write this down, 10, verse 4, because this is the start of it. If a ruler's anger arises against you, do not leave your post. Watch this. Soft word turneth away wrath. Calmness. Calmness. Keeping your composure, watching what you say, can lay great offenses to rest. Without adding wood to the fire, the fire is going to go down. And what happens is your calmness is going to put the fire out because you're not going to dive into the battle. So calmness means keeping your cool, asking yourself if it's worth getting angry. Keeping calm under fire shows your character, maturity, and trust in God. Now, for the sake of time, it's just going to be up there. Now watch this. Take a picture of this, and I want you to do this. Steps to remain calm. And it comes out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. And you can get this on the screen. Number one, celebrate God's goodness. How do you remain calm? I'm going to celebrate God's goodness. When you start looking at the good things you have, instead of stop focusing on the bad things, you're going to realize that the good outweighs the bad. And you start celebrating that you have health. Start celebrating that you have a roof over your head. Start celebrating. You may not be the greatest car, but you got a car. <laughs> a, ask God for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You have not because you ask not. You got to ask God. God, I need you. The moment the demon possessed me, the boy was demon possessed. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, the father said, Jesus walked up to the father and he said to the father, Do you believe? And the father went through all kinds of highs and lows with the son, throwing himself in the fire and all the different things. But finally, he was honest with God, and that's all God wants you to be is honest with him. And you know what he did? He said, Lord, I believe, just like every one of you, I know you have the foundation and the hope and the belief and the faith, but when you're faced with pressures, sometimes we want to hold it all in, and we say, I'm going to do it my way or the highway. But the man finally rose up. He said, God, I believe, but Lord, help me. Help me to overcome my unbelief. And the moment he was honest and asked God for help, the miracle took place. And a lot of times what happens, God can't jump into your boat of storms until you ask him for help. Three, L, leave your concerns with him. 
If you notice, if you take the first C and celebrate, the L and leave, and the M and, and, and meditate, it means calm. Leave your concerns with him, and four, meditate on the good things of God. May the words of my mouth, Psalms 19, verse 14, and the meditation of my heart, God, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What you think upon, you become. If you're angry and you're up thinking about all these things about your spouse, guess what? You're going to be angry because you're adding fuel to the fire. you got to think about the good things. And I look out here today, and I see a miracle in Woody. I see a miracle in Jeff Jorgensen. And I see a miracle in you. Will you stand with me this morning? Your pastor, I'm telling you, I know that this was a bunion stepper. I know it. Self-control is never easy to talk about. But it's very valid in our relationship with God and our witness for others. And I want to be a church that represents Christ and is done by our words, actions, and deeds. Can I pray over you this morning? And I want to pray that God will give you the strength to be and to do all what he's asked you to be and do. That you don't have to compromise or waver in your stand. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed. And maybe you walked in anger, but there's hope for you today that God is forgiving you right now. The great thing about God, he can start a new starting line. He can start a new finish line. He can do all that. You're in a new race today. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation Yes, maybe you got angry, and yes, maybe you said things, but you know what? Today, you can make a new commitment that I choose today to walk in self-control and watch my tongue and watch my word and watch my anger. God gives you that opportunity. So I'm going to pray over you today. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. Cheryl and I love them so dearly. We are so grateful for each and every one of them. And Lord, as I mentioned you know my heart, God. I pray for this church every, every single day that it sounds like a skip record. But I know that, God, that you are my Redeemer and our Redeemer lives and you're not a respecter of person and that, God, you are able to do all things. So, Father, this morning we lift up the church. We lift up a venture church and all those that are listening on live stream right now. If they're having a problem or an issue with self-control, I pray that God you give them the strength and the ability to watch their mouth, to watch their temper, to keep themselves accountable to you and maybe to others, God. That, God, we will be that representation of you. Why? Because the Spirit of Christ lives in us. So, Father... Forgive those, Lord God, that maybe are walking in hurt, shame, and guilt right now. Maybe they have blown their top. Maybe they said some things. But I pray that today they sense a new sense of hope, a sense of forgiveness in their lives, that they can start all over right now today. That, God, you give them a new starting point, that they can make a difference, make a change, and make a choice to change. So bless your people. Be with your people. And we thank your people. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.